coming of Jesus as the Messiah was found in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Verse 7, notice that first, that first phrase. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And I'm speaking today for the next few minutes on his presence is peace. We certainly understand the concept about his government. We long for his government. We want his government in our lives. We want his government in our church. We buy into the fact that his government needs to increase. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. That was the prophetic word about the Messiah. Uh, about the Messiah. I don't know where I come up with that word. <laughs> wow. That is the prophetic utterance about the Messiah. Stop and think about what Jesus came to do, what his purpose of coming to this earth was, and tie it with this verse. Of the increase of his government, there should be no end. His government. He came to save the lost, but by saving them, he established a church. Right. He saves them and puts them in the church and makes them, and when you become saved, you become a part of the church. He came to establish the church. He came to purchase the church with his own blood. And the increase of his government, there should be no end. The prophetic utterance is teaching us and telling us that his government, the church, is to be continually growing and increasing and expanding. The anointing on the church needs to continue to increase. The influence of the church needs to continue to increase. Growing stronger, growing greater. I know sometimes we talk about the influence of the church and people's minds already immediately go to, uh, go to uh, governmental influence and, and you know, the Capitol building and Washington and then around the world. You know, and, and you know, uh, God's got all of that in control. There isn't anything happening that he doesn't, he doesn't have his finger right on it. But the issue and or the, the, main, the main focus of God and his church was to reach a lost and dying world. And their church is to grow and prosper and to be more influential in lives and turning people to Jesus Christ. And certainly when Jesus comes back to this earth, and he sets up, he sets up his kingdom on this earth. 
his government will certainly reign supreme. But in this prophecy, there's something else. It just doesn't say the increase of his government, but the increase of his government and peace. The increase of his peace. The increase of his peace shall be no end. I don't know if you are aware of it, but peace is a major issue of the Bible. Peace is a major doctrine of the Bible. a matter of fact, the King James Version has the word peace in it 429 times. Now, some of those times, I understand it's not meant for, it's not meant peace the way we're used to today. It means, you know, he, he, they held their peace because they kept their mouths shut. You know, and sometimes if people would shut up, that is peace too. But, um, I heard some amens on that. I'm not going to get into that at all. I don't know where those came from. <laughs> but, and I didn't have time or didn't and didn't you know, take time to separate those out. But just trust me that many, many, hundreds and hundreds of those times, it's talking about the calm, the peace, the tranquility, the, the assurance. The New Testament alone has the word peace 111 times. And interestingly, from in the epistles, from Romans to Jude, the word peace is found 62 times. I thought about this today. You know, we may not talk about peace there as much as we should. There, there, there are some words in the Bible that are found a couple times, and then we, we make major doctrines and pounce on those over and over and over and over. And yet peace is in there hundreds of times. So many times we don't talk about it at least not from a theological standpoint. I thought about, I thought about and I studied and looked at the, the concepts of peace as it surrounded the birth of Jesus Christ. Zacharias, Zach, Zacharias, my word, I'm struggling today. Zacharias was the, the priest, uh, the father of John the Baptist. And Zacharias prophesied about John the Baptist after John was born. You'll remember when the angel visited Elizabeth and, uh, and then, then visited Zacharias and then uh, and, told, and told them that uh, Elizabeth was going to have a baby and you know Zacharias was stunned and couldn't believe it because they thought they were up in years and hadn't been able to have children and the angel of the Lord told him he would not speak again. He'd be dumb. His, his lips, his tongue would be dumb until the baby was born. But sure enough, Zacharias spent the next nine months not being able to speak. And, and then when they went to name the child, uh, <clears throat> there's people in the temple that wanted to name it after the father, but uh, the angel of the Lord said his name shall be John. And Zacharias uh, knew that it had to be John. And so uh, when the mother and Zacharias couldn't speak, but when she gave forth the name of John, they, there was the objection. And they turned to the father and he wrote on a piece of paper, his name is John. And when he, when he 
when he uh, held that up, then the Lord loosened his tongue and he began to speak. And as, as, uh, as the word got around, the Lord gave Zacharias a prophetic word. And I'm not going to read uh, all, of the, all of what Zacharias said about uh, uh, John the Baptist and about Jesus. But in Luke 1.67, his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied saying, and I'm uh, prophesied saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now I'm skipping down to verse 60, uh, 76. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the, a prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. Talking about John the Baptist here, his son. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God. Whereby, whereby the day spring. Now, now he's not talking about John the Baptist. He changed to Jesus now. To the Messiah. The day spring from on high hath visited us. To give light to them that sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet in the way of peace. To guide our feet in the way of peace. The Messiah came so we could walk in peace. Of the increase of his peace, there should be no end. Consider another part of the story of the coming of Jesus. The shepherds were in the field watching their sheep. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone Lord round about, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, what were they saying? Verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Jesus Christ meant. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. He brought, he came to bring peace. He came to bring peace to the lives of everyone around us. He came to bring peace today. In his presence is peace. Consider the words of Simeon. We I preached about this on, on Sunday. And it came that he came to the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus for to do him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Let thy servant depart in peace. I'm going to read the rest of it and I'll come back to that. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Simeon says, now I can depart in peace. Oh, I know there may have been, a, there might be a reference to the fact that he's talking about now he can die in peace and pass from this earth. But, it, but whether, whether that was the only reference to that or not, 
Uh, we don't know, but he said, let my servant depart in peace. One thing he's saying for sure is I can walk out of this temple today with peace in my heart and peace on my life because I have been in the presence of the Messiah. He might just be a baby right now, Simeon was saying. He might just be uh, just a baby in arms, but I know the hope of the world is here, and so there is peace. And I've come to tell you today, he's not a baby in the manger anymore, but he is alive and he lives and he is the hope of this world and he's the hope of your life. And he is peace. He is peace. I've come to emphasize peace on this Christmas Eve. His presence is peace. His presence in your life is peace. It's because of his birth that you can have peace. Let me, let me just quickly share a few scriptures with you from the epistles about peace. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8.6, for to be carnally, carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Think about that. Romans 15.33, now the God of peace be with you all. Romans 6 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan. The God of peace is going to give you victory over the enemy of your soul. And that is just some of the scriptures in Romans. And no, I'm not going to take the time to go through all 66 of them found in the epistles, but let me give you just a few more. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, uh, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. I like that. Be perfect. That's what you're supposed to be. Be perfect. That doesn't mean be without flaws, because if it meant be without flaws, then none of you would have a chance, nor would I. I'd be the first, you know, I, I'm... I'm I'd be, the, I'd be the first one out, you might think. Be perfect. It means, it means be developing, be growing. It means be covered in his blood and be, de be developing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. There's a scripture that says God is love. Well, there's a scripture that tells us also that God is peace. Now, now, it doesn't say it just like it says God is love, but it says the God of love and peace shall be with you. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Colossians 3, 13. This is my last one. 
forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Well, I could talk a long time about those two phrases right there, forbearing one another. You know, sometimes you just have to put up with me. That's what that means. Sometimes you have to put up with the person on each side of you on either or across the aisle from you. Forbearing one another. You know, it's a, you know, I mean, aren't you glad that, aren't you glad that uh, everybody's not just like you? Well, let me say it this way. Aren't you glad everybody's not like the person uh, maybe across the aisle or in the same row with you or sat beside you? Hey, true story, true story. Uh, there was two men that were longtime friends, longtime friends, and uh, um, <clears throat> let's try to see if I can get this right. He said, um, one, one guy, the one friend looked at the other and said, you know what, I'm so glad you're, you're not, that you're not like me because if you was like me, you'd want my wife. And the other guy looked at him and said, well, I'll tell you what, Fred, it's a good thing that everybody is not like me because if everybody was like me, nobody would want your wife. True story, I'm told. They had to be good friends, though, didn't they, to be able to, to say that and put up with that. Forbearing one another. I told you I could spend a long time on this verse. Let's move on. And and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. If you have a man, if you've got a quarrel, if you, it's not talking about an argument. I don't know what you know. To me, a quarrel, a quarrel is you know not is something that's not all that serious. We're not talking about a full-blown argument. We're not talking about a, uh, a, a grudge. We're not talking about anything worse. Animosity, we're just talking about a quarrel. If it's something as minor as a quarrel, he said, that would be a good thing to do this Christmas Eve. Just forgive everybody. Anybody you got a quarrel against, anybody you got, just, just forgive them. That's what, that's what the apostle says do here. Just forgive them. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye are also called in one body, and be ye thankful. And there are, there are so many more. The, the, I, I, I've never studied peace in the context that I've studied it today, and I'm just I'm just overwhelmed by the the volume of of, of theology and teaching about peace that's in the scripture. Peace, peace. There's an old time song that was written in the late 1800s. It still has a powerful message today. Peace, peace. 
wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever I pray in fathomless billows of love. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. 120 to 30 years ago, that song was written. But what, what a message it still has today. Peace. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that you have experienced the peace of Jesus Christ? And aren't you thankful that just when you get overwhelmed, just when you feel like there's no, you don't know what to do, suddenly when you just reach out, His peace, His peace floods your heart. It floods your living room. It floods your house. It floods the church. The peace of God. Hallelujah. It is a powerful influence in the life of every person that has experienced the, the, the new birth and, it, and knows the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand with me now and we're going to move into our communion service and what we're going to do is uh, we're going to have the elements uh, placed, uh, held up here all by the uh, members of our, our pastoral team.